10% of elected members in large school districts, so they're elected to school boards, 10% of them spent over $25,000 on their campaign to be on a school board in America. So if you want to be a governor of a school in America or their equivalent, you need to be potentially spending $25,000 to run for that. Do you remember how much an individual candidate can spend on their campaign to run for parliament in the UK? Remind me. Between ten and sixteen thousand pounds. Welcome back to Politips, the podcast that gives you all the tips on recent political developments and general topics relating to the world of politics. And this week, I am joined once again by Johnny Langton. Hello, how's it going? And I'm Ed Castell. So this week, Johnny, I think we're going to talk about money, aren't we? Money and how it works in politics. We are indeed. Let me ask you an initial question, though. What is the difference, then, in spending in politics between US elections and UK elections? Okay, well, I'll fire it back at you. Can you tell me how much was spent on a 2020 presidential election? I know it's in the billions, Mm -hmm. billions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, I would say a sensible amount for the size of country might be one to two billion. One to two billion. Okay. So in the 2020 election, 14 billion dollars was spent, which was eight billion more than 2016. So they more than doubled their own record, 14 billion. Now, what do you think? Um, was spent on the 2015 general election in the UK? Well, if I was going with my original sum of one to two billion, which I suspected was out by some by some margin, but I think that's probably a sensible kind of amount, I would expect the UK a much smaller country, far fewer voters, um, far less scope in terms of geography, so in terms of the travel that politicians need, let's say a few hundred million. I'm going to say 400 million pounds. Okay, so in 2015, 114 million pounds was spent. Now, of wow. course, America is a lot bigger um, in terms of population, so you'd expect that figure to be a lot higher. However, not maybe 100 times more money which is how much was spent in 2020 compared to 2015, for example. That's staggering, isn't it? Because the US has got, what, about five times the population of the UK? Yeah, five or six, yeah. It's in the 300 millions, isn't it? Yeah, 100 times more spending. 100 times more spending. So I thought it would be good to look at the reasons for this. So it can be explained in various different ways, structural um, differences, cultural and rational differences. So they're the three ways that you can kind of judge why and how they are so different. Brilliant, Johnny. I mean, just remind me then, if I say structural, what do I mean then, and um, and rational and cultural? Well, structural is to do with law and how the law and institutions in place can affect politics and affect decisions and affect election results and so on and so forth. Um, If it's cultural, it's to do with the country, their ideas and their history. And rational is to do with people and the logic and the logical and rational choices that they make and how that affects politics. Okay, well, sounds good. Let's um, look at that through those three lenses then. So a huge disparity in spending. 
I'm assuming it's not just because Americans love their politics a lot more than we do over here in, in the UK. So why is it the case then that they are spending so much more? What are the laws and rules in place that might explain this? Okay, well, we've got in the UK, it's a lot tighter structure, a lot tighter rules in terms of election spending. Uh, it's not wild like it is in America for various reasons. So the Electoral Commission in the UK um, tightly controls it. Two, in year 2000, Political Parties, Elections and Referendums Act um, restricted the amount that you could spend or an individual could spend on their campaign. So you're thinking of candidates for parliamentary elections or parliamentary candidates for elections. £30,000 per constituency is allowed to be spent. So a party fighting in all UK seats can spend roughly £20 million, and that's about all, which sounds like a lot, but we just heard a hair-raising figure from across the pond. 30000 per constituency is spent. In addition, an individual candidate might spend about ten to £16,000 in the period before the election, so that's a six-week campaign. They can spend about that much. It depends on the size of the constituency. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's, that's your lot. That's what you get. So basically, in the United Kingdom, we have very strict laws on this, and you're not supposed to spend more than that. And if you did, you'd get into trouble. Presumably. You would indeed. And there are several examples of the last um, past few general elections. Plied were fined £30,000 in the last general election, 2019. Um, the Conservatives have fined 70000 uh, because they hadn't declared about £300,000 worth of spending and were fined a fraction of that. So you might say, is that a true deterrent or is that just for cost of doing business, right? Mm -hmm. Labour were fined in 2015, £20,000. £7,000 of that was down to that stone tablet, if you remember that, because they didn't declare it. So, so j just to remind me, this was the stone tablet of Ed Miliband yep. where he was laying out all of his promises yeah, that so that worked. he could put it into the garden of 10 Downing Street yep. to look at out of the window, presumably to keep inspiring him. Absolutely. That was the theory. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You need to declare absolutely everything, even down to petrol and the use of, of, of any kind of staff that you've got. Everything leafleting has to be declared in the UK. So, Johnny, why are there these laws in the UK then? Why do you think they are so strict and how does it compare to America? Because presumably they don't have anywhere near the same amount of regulation. Yeah, they, they really don't. They're much looser, much more opaque. Um, their restrictions on direct donations and indirect donations are a big part of the uh, political debate. So we have two types of political um action groups that um, can donate to political parties during campaigns. We have political action committees. They are allowed to donate a maximum of 2,700 to an individual candidate and 5,000 to a political party per election cycle. That doesn't sound very much. It's not at all, right? So this really restricts the amount of money that you can donate to an individual or a political party in the United States. So you might be scratching your head a little bit, Ed. How come so much money is raised? Well, I mean, there must be an awful lot of political action committees if it's all through that method. Not enough. There is something else, and it is called a super PAC. Okay? 
So super PACs indirectly donate to campaigns. So they don't donate to the candidate, they donate to a group who supports the candidate but aren't officially affiliated with them. So who's giving money to these super PACs then? Where, where's that all coming from? I'll give you an example. You have Sheldon Adelson, his name is. Very pro-Republican, conservative, um, billionaire casino owner who donated $30 million to one of these pro-Republican conservative super PACs back in 2018, uh, having donated $86 million two years prior. We've got Jeffrey Katzenberg in 2012, who donated $15 million, the most um, ever raised at one fundraiser, okay, and that was for um, Barack Obama. And in 2004, George W. Bush got um, super PAC money from Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch. Um, so the large bulk of election expenditure is this so-called soft money, which is indirectly pumped into campaigns and that is where you end up with this hugely inflated amount that is spent on elections in the US. And why do you think people are donating those staggering sums of money? Is there something cultural here in the political system, do you think, between America and the UK? Or is it that if the UK didn't have these restrictions, actually here too we would have a huge spending on elections? I would say that you have these um, incredibly wealthy, incredibly influential figures that have the money to throw at candidates, in return, they will get political favours in the form of low regulations for their industries. Uh, you might be able to lobby to get a certain um, contract from the government. For example, uh, Lockheed Martin, a big defence company in America, will be um, there to lobby certain members of Congress in order to get factories and contracts in certain states, in certain districts. And they invariably do well if they fund certain candidates who, for instance, are on committees in, uh, in Congress and are able to fight for them in order to get low regulation to help them. So it's very much in their best interest. It's a rational decision by these, um, these businessmen and women to act in this way. So, so if we're comparing it rationally, using that theory you talked to us about earlier, it's in their self-interest, their rational interest to achieve their political aims, to spend that sort of money in the United States, whereas <clears throat> rationally in the UK you wouldn't because there are rules in place to stop you. Absolutely. And the, the very system of super PACs, which was supported by Barack Obama, for example, you had John McCain who supported state funding, in the US. He was the last person to actually make use of it back in 2008. Since then, Democrats and Republicans both um, are very pro-funding uh, laws or lack of funding laws, apart from the odd outlier like a Bernie Sanders. Why? Because it is mutually beneficial. It's a bit like the first-past-the-post system. Keir Starmer has been mentioning that he might be against the first-past-the-post, but generally, Labour are very quiet on any kind of electoral reform. Conservatives are very quiet on electoral reform. I would see that similarity between something like first past the post, funding laws in America, both benefit the big parties because a third party cannot exist in America without a huge amount of money. So therefore, they are protecting their own interests. Very interesting, Johnny. Okay, so if I had a million dollars or a million pounds in these two systems, 
Um, lucky me. But what would I actually be spending the money on? So I've managed to raise some some cash. What am I going to do with it? Uh, what are the sort of political adverts and things that I might run? So political ads, for example, uh, is incredibly different in the UK than it is in the US. I'm going to quiz you again and ask you how much money was spent in the 2019-2020 election cycle in America on political ads. When you say a political ad, do you mean something that's on television? And that's been- Not just television, we're talking radio, across digital media, everything. How much was spent on that? I mean, they're pretty expensive, aren't they? Because you need actors, you presumably need um, a budget, film crew, sound, all, all the rest of it. So essentially you're creating films and you're creating um, audio. Um, so from that, how much did we have? Was it a 14 billion budget, did you yep. tell me? Or let's say 8 billion of it. Eight and a half. So not bad. Okay. Yeah, you're getting better. Yeah. Uh, 30% higher than 2016. So we can see that um, money is becoming more important, not less important in American politics. We'll talk more about whether it works a bit later. So Bernie Sanders, for example, he aired more adverts than any other candidate. 124,000 adverts were um, were broadcast or published, usually in swing states, of course. That compared to a paltry 33,000 from Donald Trump and just 100,000 from Clinton. And I think this really... Um, shows their target audience, or at least for donations. Bernie Sanders relies on small donations. He doesn't take any support from super PACs because he doesn't believe in it. So therefore, he relies on small donations. He needs more ads out. Donald Trump, self-funded a lot of the time, doesn't need those political ads in quite the same way. Hillary Clinton relies on super PACs, so therefore doesn't need as many adverts uh, in the same way. And I assume when we say in that election that 14 billion was spent, that will include presumably spending from all the members of Congress who are up for election at that time and are spending their own money on it rather than just the presidential candidates. Absolutely, yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about those Senate races, those extraordinary sums of money that are actually spent on Senate seats in America uh, a bit later. In comparison to the UK, Tightly regulated, the major parties are allowed are allocated free airtime on the main channels for a set number of party election broadcasts. We've all seen those. They're not amazing viewing. They're usually broadcast just before uh, one of a show comes on air, right? This is a party election broadcast by the Liberal Democrats, and then you'll see uh, Ed Davey talking to members of the public, whatever. Usually lasts about how long? Five minutes. Five so. minutes max, yeah. I mean, it makes your heartbeat race a little faster, though, with that intro, yeah. doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, that's it. They're not allowed anymore. So it's very tightly regulated on TV and uh, on the radio, too. But does it matter now? Because increasingly we hear a lot about the role of big data, analytics, social media, and almost this sense that what you need to do is target very specific adverts to groups on social media using the latest and analytical technology. So do we see spending increasing in these areas now? It definitely is increasing, but I would take exception to does it matter. In For instance, more people in this country get their news from the BBC 
than any other medium. That includes all social media. So I think the idea that social media is taking over is exaggerated at this point. The Conservatives, for example, still rely on um, votes from the 45-plus age group. They still need them to come out and vote. And how do you get to them? Through TV, because they're, they they watch television a lot more, um, or they watch satellite TV, as it was called, a lot more than, than the younger voters. So they still rely on that. So political I mean, 45-year-olds do have phones, Johnny. They do, but apart from, what, Candy Crush... What else are they doing on there? Bit of Facebook. That's it, isn't it? Maybe you could tell us. What are you doing on your phone? Well, um, Johnny, that's, uh, yes, thank you very much for that. I, I'm yet to get to that hallowed age group, but when I do, I'm sure I'll be in the latest of uh, trends in, in terms of uh, social media. So, Johnny, how does fundraising work in the two systems um, for politicians? It it, it depends uh, hugely on the country. So there are huge cultural differences in terms of how they get their money. In the UK, the trade unions have traditionally supported Labour. That's where they grew out of. They, they grew out of the trade unions back in uh, 1900. Businesses traditionally favour donating money to the Conservatives, of course. In the US, it's, it's, it's slightly different. Both parties have got a big, much longer tradition of being supported by wealthy individuals and institutions and what's important is to understand the cultural difference here in terms of their justification the american justification for such funding laws they have of course and you know all about this the first amendment of the u.s constitution ed freedom of speech freedom of speech and what might how might that relate to um campaign funding well if i am free to express myself i'm a, a part of my expression might be funding causes that I believe in. Absolutely. So fundamental rights is financially supporting any cause, interest or charity. So in general, the USA, as much more fundraising is undertaken by individual candidates. It very much reflects the individual in American politics. Why? Everything has to be done if you want to succeed in political life as an individual. You have to pay your way there. Okay. In the UK, it's very much centered on the party. You work as a councillor. I mean, it's a shame James isn't here. You work as a councillor, you are selected as a, um, as a candidate for Parliament, and you're off. And then, really, you're not spending um, much money, if any money, on your actual campaign, because that comes from the party. So that is a huge cultural difference there, um, explaining why uh, finances is, is so different. There's also the huge sheer scale of elected officials in the United States. So it means there's far more access points. You get elected in the Senate, you get elected in the House of Representatives, even down to low-profile elections like local school boards will have elections, okay? And each state, of course, <clears throat> right? Because every state has its own representatives, Absolutely. congresses. Yeah. So I'll give you a staggering figure again. 10% of elected members in large school districts, so they're elected to school boards, 10% of them spent over $25,000 on their campaign to be on a school board in America. So if you want to be a governor of a school in America or their equivalent, you, you need to, to be campaign. potentially spending $25,000 to run for that. Do you remember how much an individual candidate can spend on uh, their campaign to run for parliament in the UK? Remind me. 
between ten and sixteen thousand pounds. Okay, I'm going to ask. I'll ask that. Uh, wasn't it between ten and sixteen thousand pounds, Ronnie? Wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. So in some cases, which is obscene, American in America, school board candidates are spending more than parliamentary candidates in the UK. That's just ex- it's staggering, isn't it? Do you want more? Oh, go on. Give me one more. In 2015, you remember how much was spent on that general election? £114 million. Uh, is on the tip of my tongue, Johnny. Yeah. Four Senate races alone in 2020 surpassed $200 million. So there are Senate races in states like Iowa, South, North Carolina, South Carolina, that are clearly surpassing the cost of an entire general election in this country down to one Senate race for Good one Lord. seat. The question is, though, Johnny... Does money really make the world go round when we look at politics? Because you could look at the presidential election in 2016 between Trump and Hillary Clinton. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've already actually alluded to this. Trump didn't actually raise that much money, did he? And he was famous for using social media and Twitter to get his message across rather than these traditional campaign uh, political adverts. Money wins. At the end of the day, money wins. There are good exceptions to use. The Hillary Clinton one in 2016. Yes, Clinton spent more money. The fact is, certainly in the United States, of the last 16 presidential nominees, 12 of them that were successful in their primaries, 12 out of 16, raised more the most money. So that tells us most of the time money talks and money wins. In the election cycles of the past, so we're talking midterms and presidential election cycles, the stats talk. So in 2022, 93% of representatives in the House who won raised the most money. In the Senate, it was 82%. In 2020, it was 87%. So the vast majority of winning candidates raised the most money. And do you think actually it has even more of an impact when we're looking at politicians lower down, like members of Congress or the Senate, than potentially things like the presidential elections? I think it does. Well, there's a a few good examples. For instance, there is one which I will definitely mention of how money doesn't always talk. And the example would be uh, in Maryland's 7th District in 2020, we had uh, Republican Kimberly Classic spent nearly five million dollars on a race to win a district right she tried to take the seat off incumbent democrat who was called kwasi and fume who spent six hundred thousand dollars she lost um kimberly classic only won less than 20 less than 30 percent of the vote and do you have any big presidential candidates maybe who have drawn together a huge amount of money but failed miserably despite that money oh michael bloomberg oh tell me about him 900 million dollars he raised back in uh what early 2020 and his campaign was i think 100 days that was it he managed one debate i think in the primary and he was very much found out okay so that is very much self-funded so he's not getting campaign donations from groups he doesn't need them but he's raising that money in order, according to some people, to buy the White House, or at least buy the nine hundred million dollars. Nine hundred million. And how uh, far did he get? He, I think, he made it to maybe one primary, one or two, maybe none. I that's, can't remember exactly where. That's not good, is he it? It's a bit embarrassing. Suspended his campaign, 
But the other big factor, and this is very important, comes down to incumbency. So the figures align quite neatly with how much is spent. So usually, with the Kimberley Classic example being slightly um, um, the exception, usually the incumbents spend more money because they are um, supported more. So the incumbents being the politicians up for re-election yep. who are already in position. Yeah, absolutely. So they are supported more because they have track records and because they're more likely to win because they're incumbents. They're more likely to be funded, therefore more likely to raise more money. And 90% of incumbents in America, on average, win re-election. So just to finish our comparison then, Johnny, money clearly talks in America in most cases despite the odd exception. Is that also true in the United Kingdom? I know we're spending a lot less, but does money also talk, do you think? Um, it talks, um, according to the stats, it definitely talks. The Conservative Party received far more than all of the parties put together during campaigns for, um, for campaign finance, for donations to the party. Um, that doesn't necessarily go to elections, as we know, because it's tightly controlled. But funding certainly helps. Um, the Lib Dems, however... Book the trend. Eight million pounds, the greatest single political donation in history by Lord Salisbury donating that to the Lib Dems in 2019. And they did worse in 2019 election. Lost their leader as well. Joe Swinson didn't even win her seat back. So there are some examples on both sides. Overall, I would say that in the UK, money talks. In America, it shouts. Oh, Johnny, that was almost poetry. Johnny is not one to govern in prose. He's going to give, he's going to give us poetry on these podcasts. Well, thank you very much, Johnny. I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I'm not sure if that's maybe a little depressing to think how much ultimately money can be in elections. I suppose it's not the only factor. Let's here, but... always remember Michael Bloomberg. Doesn't always work. Well, on that very cheery note, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Politips, the home of short, incisive updates on the world of politics. Thank you for listening. Thank you.